My name's Bobby Walker with Journey of a New Entrepreneur, and I've got one message for you. Don't be a bitch! What is going on, everybody? It's Bobby Walker here with the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast. Excited to be back in the saddle. Today, I've got a super super cool guest I can't wait to introduce you to. But before I do, I just got to share a few things with you. Just things that are going on in my life I'm all excited about. Next week, I'm going back to Nashville for my uh, quarterly mastermind group, Business Bourbon and Bullshit. That's fun and exciting. Uh, We got the huge convention coming up, which I I don't even know if I've done a podcast since all this has went down, but you know, I'm one of of the handful of owners in the huge now, so you can go to thehugeconvention.com to learn more about that. But that's in August on the 19th and 20th uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, I don't know, we got the Traction Tour coming up. You can go to tractiontour.com. I got, yeah, I'm doing a lot of fun stuff, you know, and it's cool. You know, this whole show is about the journey of a new entrepreneur. And uh, the show's usually, I'm, I'm sharing some of my stuff. The podcast is usually about other people's journeys. But how fun is it that, you know, four, almost five years ago, I started a window cleaning company out of desperation. I drove to Home Depot, didn't know what I was doing, learned everything on YouTube University, and, uh, you know, four or five years later, now I'm able to have my business generating revenue and income for me, and I'm able to, you know, I still got to work in the business, but it frees me up to do some other things. My business is actually serving me, and I'm excited about that and want to share it with you. So I've got those things going, and then uh, you can't expect to listen to one of my episodes and not hear about the show sponsor responsibid responsibid is the ultimate sales tool for home service businesses not just pressure washers not just window cleaners uh pretty much any kind of home service business and what is it you ask well i think the best answer i can give you is what i just did it's the ultimate sales tool for home service businesses. It does everything from helping you to working up quotes effectively and efficiently, making those quotes appealing to customers so they get higher average ticket prices for you, um, doing the follow-up to help you close the deal, doing follow-up after you've closed the deal to get repeat business, everything in between. It can attach to other uh, other types of softwares and SendGym and, and, and uh, insert your CRM here and, and Zapier and all that stuff and does a lot of amazing amazing things. I've been using it in my business since about six or seven months in, and I don't see me ever, ever going back. So guys, listen, check out Responsibid. You can go to jnebid.com. That's right. That's J-N-E, like journey of a new entrepreneur, bid, B-I-D.com. Go to jnebid.com. Journey of a new entrepreneur listeners get a special deal. And this is a legit special. You can't get this with any other affiliate, any other organization, or even if you go to the responsive bid site and get it directly from them, you get an additional free month of service when you sign up as a JNE listener. You also get a special monthly rate, and uh, you also just get some cool, cool uh, some some. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. You get some street cred. You get some street cred because you used my link. So make sure you do it. JNEbid.com. Say hi to my buddy Kurt over there. He's awesome. And that's it. So we got through it. So, guys, last thing. I just got to give you a big special reminder. Don't be a bitch. You've entered the no bitch zone. What is a bitch? It's not what you might think. It's not derogatory towards a certain sex or anything like that. A bitch is a victim. A bitch is someone that won't pursue the goals and the dreams that they have in life, either because they're too scared of 
failing, or maybe they're too worried about what other people may say, think, or do. And a bitch is also someone that blames other people for their failure. So if you're one of those people, just hit stop. You're not going to get anything out of this. You're not going to enjoy it because this is the no bitch zone. You know what? I'm going to change my mind. Don't hit stop. Listen to it. Because right now you think I'm wrong. Just keep listening. You're going to find out why I'm right. All right. We're going to get right into it. We got Sean Hampton Jr. in the house. Sean, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. How about yourself, Bobby? Man, if I was any better, I'd be twins. So thank you for asking. (laughs) (laughs) And every time I say that, people are like, well, the world can't can't deal with two of you. So I I guess you don't shouldn't get any better. But but great to have you on the show, man. We um, we, uh, you know met each other gosh has it been two years ago probably i think I it was two years right before COVID. i mean yeah 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 it's been a little while yeah it's been a little while and and you know it, it wouldn't be fair to say we're like the closest of friends we don't you know we're not always talking and hanging out but um i think there's a well i was going to say i think there's a great mutual respect there's a lot from me to you <laughs> at the very least but um i think we had a great time you you went and visited our mastermind group uh business bourbon and bullshit and and we had a really good time just hanging around Nashville, and um, I learned a little bit about you then that always inspired me. And actually, I'll share this a little later, Sean, but it uh, you you kind of shamed me, and, and not in a negative or unhealthy way, and I don't even know that you did it, but I'll get into that in, in a little bit. But you uh, you pushed me to look inward and and maybe change the way I look at and and see some things, but uh, but that's enough about me right now. Sean, welcome to the show. Why don't you give all the listeners just that little bitty elevator pitch of who you are and, and where you are and what you do? I'm Sean Hampton. Um, I'm a husband. Um, you know, I have uh, four kids. I'm located in Maryland. Um, I've been soft washing for four years now. I've grown my business. It's uh, pretty amazing to see. Um, I've been sober October 5th. I'll be sober for 10 years. And I want to talk wow. to you about that, a little bit, Bobby. So, um, you know, I have other businesses. I help uh, a lot out in the community. So what I do is, you know, I have three halfway houses. So I'm doing a lot for the community. And guys like myself, I'm doing a lot for it too. Nice. You know, um, giving guys like myself another chance. So that's just a little bit about me. Um, kind of follow through with you, like uh, the questions you have for me and stuff like that. All right, cool. Well, it, uh, it's my first time doing a podcast, to be honest. With you. I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of nervous. I'm- well, that's okay. Don't be nervous. No, no one's ever going to hear this or see this. So don't worry about it. It's just you and me. Um, no. The uh, well, tell you what, man. Let's let's just dig right into it. Uh, I, I'll go ahead and kind of share what I had. Um, you know, teased that you kind of called me out, if you will, and uh, de- indirectly and not deliberately, I don't believe. And I think it's a good segue into my my first question for you. But you and I were, uh, we were in Nashville. Uh, we were in, I think we were in an Uber together. Maybe we were in someone else's car, a few of us riding around. And we yeah. were almost to our destination. And when we uh, were getting close, we there was a guy on the side of the road and you know he looked like he's been through hell you know he he looked like the typical person you see standing on a street corner you know and just there uh he didn't look good you know he looked rough and and I, i'm kind of well i'm not kind of ashamed i'm i'm really ashamed of myself uh in hindsight but i wasn't at the time um 
Because when I looked at people like that, I would typically be like, yeah, damn bum, get a job. You know, you know, one of those kinds of things, you know, just, just the typical, you know, I've been fired before I've been this before I've been that before, you know, yada, 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 get a job. And now I think my attitude was terrible. Maybe the sentiment is right, quote unquote, but there's that, uh, one of my favorite quotes, it's a Dr. Phil quote. I talk about it all the time, but he always says, do you want to be right? Or do you want to be happy? You know, and, and maybe I was right that that guy should just get a job, but maybe if I wanted to be happy, you know, I could do something about it. And, and I remember I made a comment, you know, just some negative comment. I don't really remember what it was, but it was just something, you know, ah, there's, there's someone leeching off society, you know, just something kind of, kind of like that. Yeah. And I don't remember exactly what you said, but I remember how I felt and I remember, you know, how it made me feel. And you, you had, uh, you had actually went and you gave that guy some money and I, I never had done that because I thought, well, uh, if you give him money, there's going to buy drugs with it or, you know, just something, you know, kind of stupid like that. And you gave him some money and then you just shared a little snippet and had said that you had spent some time with some extreme addiction and being homeless and that you were one of those guys and, uh, you did say something kind of funny, you know, you had mentioned, yep, yeah, I used to do that. And the, the sign that I used that got me the most money was, Hey, I'll just be honest with you. I need money for beer and drugs or something like, you know, something like that. And you said yeah. that was the most, the, the most productive sign you ever, <laughs> ever had. Yeah. But um, I, I used that sign before, uh, why lie? I need a drink. And then I used one, uh, need money for karate lessons. A ninja stole, stole my wife and kids. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I, I hate the fact that you needed to use those signs, but but that is really funny. And but you know, literally ever since, um, I, I guess if I'm being honest with you, I, I should probably still be ashamed of myself because I haven't really taken any action. But I have changed. You know, the way I look at things is different now. You know, and I thought, well, damn. Well, here's Sean. He's killing it. He's, you know, no, I would have never guessed or known that that was a part of your past. But, uh, you know, I, I have a little bit of a, a understanding of addiction and stuff. You know, my mom, you know, God bless her. And mom, if you ever hear this, I love you. And uh, the past is the past. But, you know, my mom had, you know, uh, a, a big drug problem g- growing up. And it was only for a couple of weeks, about you know, literally, I think, two weeks. But, you know, I spent two weeks homeless, you know, with her when I was a kid. And I didn't know any better. So I just thought it was kind of fun sleeping in the car, almost like camping. But, you know, I have experienced some stuff like that. But uh, despite some of the darkness my mom went through, she did a pretty good job. Um, I don't know if I was sheltered from it because I saw it, but she did a good job at least putting a spin on it. And it didn't really... Uh, you know, it didn't traumatize me or anything like that when I was a kid. But, but again, um, that was probably what impacted me the most on that, you know, two or three days that we hung out. It wasn't about your business that you're having a, just an extreme amount of success with. And I do want to talk about that. I want to talk about the business and all those things, but, but what impacted me the most and literally every time I ever see a post of yours on Facebook or we have any sort of interaction, ships crossing in the, the night or anything like that, I remember that moment and I remember the, the feeling of, frankly, a shame that I had for being um, a self-righteous prick. So... I'll stop. Uh, I'll stop beating myself up on on air here. But Sean, uh, I know you, I don't really know all the details about it. 
I just remember you shared a photo of yourself on Facebook the other day. That's why I reached out to you and said, Hey man, would you mind coming on here? Um, you obviously had an addiction issue. You obviously lived on the street. We've kind of talked about that. Do you mind maybe going a little bit before that sharing what your life was like, how you got into that exposed to it and, and then just kind of take it from there. So, um, I never really had a father figure in my life. So I never really had to, had a chance to look up to, to any kind of man or, or men. So when I started, I graduated high school, never picked up a drink. And the day before I graduated, I had my oldest son hmm. and I started working at general motors. Uh, we were building, uh, and this 2006, 2000 to 2008 is when I got laid off. But I started building the Pontiac, Saturn, uh, Pontiac Solstice and the Saturn sky. Mm-hmm. And I'm 18 years old at this time, directly out of high school, never touched a drink or a drug. I was a pretty good kid. You know, my aunt, my aunt, my mother raised me. I was in church every Sunday and just living a good life. Um, didn't have a father figure, but I was living a good life. Um, so when I'm at General Motors, I'm around these guys, these other men, I'm looking up to them. They got beautiful homes, brand new cars. You know, I was making $30 an hour and they invited me to General Motors. I mean, and they invited me in and they invited me to a place called Steve's, a little liquor store down the street for lunchtime. Asked me what I wanted. I said, well, what are you drinking? He said, Captain Morgan. That's when Captain Morgan was really big. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I got drunk and those guys looked out for me. I was drunk as crap. And um, for them to look out me, look out for me like that was pretty amazing. Started slow where once a week I kind of invited myself because I got that feeling. I loved the, the feeling that alcohol gave me, that warm sensation in my chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't drinking because I liked the taste of alcohol. I was drinking for the effect of alcohol. Yeah. And, uh, so that effect, I just, I started to crave it. You know, it was once a week to, you know, twice a week to three times a week to, I was getting drunk on the job, you know, um, almost every day. How long did that take I, to get, how long did it take from that first drink to getting drunk on the job every day? Uh, probably about a year, wow. you know, um, probably took a year i was i was a slow but then i would lie to my um baby mom at the time which we're not together my oldest son's uh, mother she's actually still in active addiction which is really sad i have custody of my oldest son now um which was a tough thing to go through because i had to get sober that's a I'll, I'll go through that though um so it took about a year and i can remember the first time i really wanted a drink that i didn't have a drink around me it was christmas morning for my son and uh, I made an excuse to go to Seven Eleven to grab some batteries for a toy, and and I look back at that time, I'm like, I was really desperate to get some alcohol in my system, mm-hmm. and it, it, it progressed. Um, I got laid off of General Motors in 2008, and you know, it went from you know using alcohol to dislocating my shoulder. This is kind of when I became an entrepreneur because I was drinking and I was collecting unemployment, and I had a little side hustle where I was mowing grass. You know, I had like 10, 15 lawns. I dislocate my shoulder and they put me on Percocet. And when I started using prescription Percocet, you know, I just loved the feeling. There was nothing like it, Bobby. Uh, I can remember uh, the first time I put a Percocet down my throat and I'm like, wow, huh. feels amazing. I don't smell like alcohol. You know, I can't get a DUI. These are prescribed to me. It's okay. This mm-hmm. is a great feeling. And it was the best feeling in, in the world. And and it just progressed very fast. I went from using Percocet fives to you know selling selling drugs. I mean that was part of my um, part of my story too. In and in and out of jail. I mean, uh, 
it was just uh it was a mess yeah so you were you were not to make light of it but you you actually got into entrepreneurship at that point <laughs> it was yes just, i really did because yeah. i was a, i was honestly i was hustling i was using like uh, a landscaping company as like a front for my drug i was selling drugs i was selling prescription painkillers you know i was taking people to the doctor i can't get in trouble for this now right it's yeah. been like t- I, I don't know i want to be clear i am not giving legal advice <laughs> I, and this is going pu- live a public so just keep that yeah. in mind but yeah you're probably uh, okay yeah so you know i was using i was using this landscaping business as kind of like a front to you know i was running around with the trailer on the back just selling prescription painkillers taking people to doctors you know i was yeah it was just doctor wow. jumping I, I got into a whole bunch of mess though. So I ended up getting incarcerated for the first time. And, you know, my family to Sean, you really need some help. So I decided to go to treatment. You know, I ended up staying at treatment for three days and then I left. I said, I don't need this. I can do it on my own. Wow. I was, I was really hard headed. Um, and it just progressed where I got locked up again. I was in and out of jail. It became, it became like just 30 days here, 60 days here. And then, um, Decided because of probation officer said, hey, you know, if you go to uh, if you go to treatment, you know, I'll, I'll try to uh, back down on what they're asking for. And that that time, you know, I went to treatment again for three days. I ended up getting kicked out of treatment for running. Here I am detoxing used from using drugs and alcohol. I ran a mile to the store to buy cigarettes because you weren't allowed to. I was a smoker at the time. You weren't allowed to. Um, smoke there so i ran to the store got cigarettes because i was going to sell these cigarettes at the at the treatment center Mm -hmm. you know i mean i was always always tried to hustle for some reason i don't know why so that's kind of i met my wife and when i got out of jail the second the well that time and um she ended up getting pregnant with my youngest son miles and you know when she got pregnant i decided you know to actually go to treatment on my own. And that's what I really needed. I needed to be willing. Mm-hmm. I wasn't willing the whole time. And, um, you know, I was willing to do that for him and for myself. I, I really needed a change. I, I was tired of being sick and tired. And I hear that a lot in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. But I was to that point of desperation where I needed to be. Mm-hmm. I, I had hit rock bottom. You know, there was mornings where I'd wake up Bobby when I was drinking and drugging, just cursing God, asking God, why am I still here? Well, I know the answer today, but at that time I did not. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. It, it pretty amazing because I went to a um, state ran facility in Chestertown, Maryland. Uh, this place was like, it, it was almost like jail. The food was like jail. It's what I needed. Um, but they would let you out if you wanted to leave, you could have left. Um, I ended up going to this uh, place for 19 days and they found me a halfway house and a halfway house is a huge part of my story. Uh, this place taught me how to ask for help. I had to humble myself, ask other men for help. That's what we do. You know, guys like you're always helping other guys. And I say this iron sharpens iron. It really does. Men like you help, help me more than, you know, Mm -hmm. um, so that's what, yep. A has told me to do that. Ask for help. You know, humble yourself, Sean. Ask for help. If you don't know the answer, ask somebody because somebody knows that answer in that room. And that's why, you know, the BBB is great because guys can help guys. You know, mm-hmm. if we if you have a problem with one thing, a guy can help you with it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So now when I say this is a good story, obviously it's bad stuff, but I, I'm able to fast forward to the end and see where you're winning here. So. Yeah. This is good stuff. You you got out of, of jail, I think you said the second time. You've met your wife. You went back into uh, uh, a treatment program. Now you're in a halfway house. So what happens now? 
So I'm in this halfway house, and um, what it did was taught me how to wake up every morning, get up, look for a job like it's a job, eight hours a day. There's an old guy, uh, Daryl H. He was like kind of like my father figure that I never had. <clears throat> he actually, uh, when me and my wife got married, he actually gave her away to me. Wow. So that was pretty amazing. My wife, um, father had passed away. But this guy was on my ass, Bobby. He was on my ass because he'd been through everything I'd been through. He'd seen, he'd seen it all already, and he didn't want to see it play out again for me. You know, he'd been incarcerated, prison, you know, lost marriages, lost kids, and, and uh, so this halfway house taught me how to, you know, live my life again. I had this job at TJ Maxx. I swear it saved my life. I was making seven twenty-five an hour. Mm-hmm. I'm riding this bike that my aunt gave me, and I call it the Pink Cloud because it was pink. Because my aunt <laughs> has two daughters, she dropped off a mountain bike for me to get back and forth to work. Here I am. Uh, I got sober at twenty-three. I got, and then I had a birthday like a month after I was in the halfway house. But I'm 24 years old, riding a pink bicycle, three miles to work. Now that's humbling. Mm-hmm. And, but that that story right there saved my life. Yeah, and I tell it to everybody. I called it the pink cloud because I was on it. I was riding that pink cloud. I was happy as hell. Now why did it save your life? For, huh? Because it taught me how to humility. It really taught me humility. How to you know look for a job like it's a job. I was riding that thing around, you know, I didn't know anybody in Hartford County. I'm from a little town right next to Hartford County called Cecil County. The only time I was in Hartford County was when I was holding signs, yeah. asking, begging for, so here I am riding this pink bike, man. And it, it was just amazing. Now, just, the grass was- I apologize for interrupting. I'm just kind of curious. So, oh, you're fine. um, was this in, um, Michigan or was this in Maryland? At this point, it's in Maryland. Everything, everything's happened in Maryland. I never really, I never left Maryland. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. well, yeah, okay. So. I'm sorry. I just assumed, Mich- I just assumed Detroit when you were talking about building cars. So that was, there's a plant in Maryland for that. Yes. Yes. Oh yes. gosh. I'm glad I asked. I was okay. like, where'd Michigan come from? No, that's why I, when you talk about cars, yeah. I just assumed Detroit. So, okay. Yeah. My apologies, but I needed that for my head. So. Yeah. No, good, good. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm living at this halfway house, and uh, they had rules. I wasn't able to be with my girlfriend. I was able to talk to her. I had to go to 90 meetings in 90 days. Wow. I had to ask another man to sponsor me. That's, that's you know, you got to get humble to do that, mm-hmm. to ask another man for help. Here I am, 24 years old. I was a drug dealer, in and out of jail. Like, in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm going to ask this man and tell this man, you know, because there's 12 steps to Alcoholics Anonymous. And one of, one of the steps is you share, you know, your shortcomings and, and just the fear of that, sharing that with other people. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, you grow the most when you share, you know, down, yeah. you know, when you share stuff like that, when you get deep down yeah. and start sharing stuff. That's, you know, people just want to sh- share the top layer of stuff. But when you're sharing like deep thoughts and stuff like that, that's when you grow the most. So, so while you're while you're doing this at what point were you uh the sign holder was that after this point was it before this point um it was before this point yeah, yeah it got to the to where um you know not i well, i wasn't able to i couldn't i was my best customer when it came to you know using drugs i could not keep them in my pocket you know i couldn't sell them no more because i was using too many of them mm-hmm. so you know i got to the point where i had to hold a sign you know, I'd get somebody to take me down to Hartford County, hold a sign out there, and it's a good hustle. I was making $140 a day cash. That was average. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you. 
I could do it, you know, four or five hours on the street, mm-hmm. you know, young guy looking, looking for work. Why lie? I need a beer. People thought it was funny, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, it was, it was a real good hustle at the time because people are willing to help. And that's, I took a lot of people's kindness for weakness. And I, and, and that's why when I, when I look at somebody asking for help, you know, I really examine like where they're at and I don't just help them. I try to help them, you know, in different ways. You yeah. Know, if I can give them some, to help if that's what they need but just give them a little bit of inspiration that's why i gave that guy some money so he'd actually listen to me mm-hmm. and you know um, there's an easier softer way to live you know definitely wow so now jumping ahead a little <clears throat> bit and you already mentioned these halfway houses which i'm i'm assuming that's the harvest house that you're talking about harvest house inc the harvest house is actually the house i went to and today i'm the vice president of that house which is pretty amazing nice. i don't yeah that's non-profit but I do have three other halfway houses here in Hartford County that I run with a business partner and they have about eight guys in each house, one being a manager. And, you know, we're doing the same thing that saved my life is helping other men get to meetings, you know, find sponsors, just uh, the things in early recovery that they need, the, the um, accountability from other men. You know, these guys are going to call each other out. We call each other out on our bullshit and guys still call me out. I got those guys. I can get the answer that I want. Now I got those guys that they answer that I need to hear. <clears throat> I know when I'm calling what I want to hear. So I, I got to call those guys that are going to mm-hmm. not, not cut black and hold me accountable for my actions. So this is really impressive. Aside from Harvest House, how you, did you say there was two others that you're running to? No, there is three, three others. So the Harvest House, I'm on the, I'm on the board as the vice president. Mm-hmm. And so then the three, me, me and a business partner together. He's in recovery as well. So aside from just having the the heart and the um, the the willingness to take action, what's it take to do something like that? Like, I, what, what do you got to do to start a halfway house? How's that even work? So you definitely want to be rooted in the community because I have people calling me all the time, like, "Hey, how do I start a halfway house?" I said, "You can't relate to the guys. Mm-hmm. You have no ties to you know treatment centers. You don't have ties to anybody in the AA community. I mean, what's your motive? Of course, their motive is you know money. They say they want to help people, but is that really where they're at? Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's worked out so well for me because now you know." When guys come in, we'll give them two weeks just to help them find, you know, give them time to find a job. Mm-hmm. You know, Christmas time, you know, we got a PPP uh, grant for our business. We were able to give all the guys instead of paying it out of our pocket. We gave everybody rent right before Christmas so they didn't have to pay rent that month. Wow. Just things like that. I mean, these guys need that. You know, when guys come in, you know, buying them a pack of cigarettes is huge. Mm-hmm. You know, I work a lot of – there will be guys like all the guys that work for me in my business today – are all in sobriety now you know most of these guys have three years now because mm-hmm. i've learned not to work the newer guys right away unless yeah. it's like a day labor rate where they're working with a tech but you know um two of the guys are my halfway house managers that run trucks wow and they would do anything for me man it's pretty amazing to uh you know those guys you see them come from nothing and they're really loyal guys and that's what's amazing about it so it's really helped my business and it keeps me grounded. It keeps me around those guys mm-hmm. that are in early recovery too. So, you know, I can sit back and think I was there at one time, you know? Yeah. So uh, when did you start the first one? So, well, actually let me back up. So you, you were in your halfway house. Um, you, you got the pink cloud 
sounds like life's starting to change. You know, you're going through, you know, AA and, and, you know, you're, you're, you've got accountability in your life. Um, so I think you, you got laid off in 08. When did you get yeah. out of jail the second time got, and get into the halfway house? Okay. Um, my sobriety dates October 5th, 2011. Okay. I entered the house in like the 24th of October, 25th of October. Mm-hmm. I was in there. Yeah. I've been there for 19 days. So right around that time period. So, um, between 08, it didn't really progress until, you know, let's say another year after that, 2009 to 2011, I, I got tired of being sick and tired real quick, Bobby. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to live that. Life. I wasn't from that life. Um, you know, but it, my grandmother and my, my dad, they both drink too. So, you know, it, it runs in my family my uncle and has passed away from, you know, alcoholism, a couple of my uncles actually. Wow. And, um, it's, it runs in my family, it runs rampant, you know? Um, but in that, that period of time being in from getting into that house, I kind of lost my train of thought. Well, what I was asking um, was, uh, so you said it was, I think, uh, 2011 that you got in the halfway yeah. house. So how long were you yeah. in it? You know, how long was it from the time you got in to the time that you're uh, on your own? Yeah, so I was working at TJ Maxx. I was in this house. I stayed in this house for several months. Um, I remember my wife was getting ready to have the baby, and I decided we. she stepped out, and thanks God for subsidized housing because we were able to get an apartment together. I had some money saved up when I left the house, even though I know I was only making seven twenty five an hour. She had got a tax check at the time because she was working a, a regular job, and we were able to step into an apartment. And I remember quitting my job at TJ Maxx, Two days before she had the baby, we took some of that tax check and bought me a 48-inch Bobcat walk-behind. That walk-behind, you know, I had a, I had a vehicle from the past mm-hmm. that I was able to hold to. So I had a little trailer and I had a little walk-behind. I landed a $500 from a family member at Mulch Job. Hmm. And then I started building clientele from that point with uh, landscaping. So Nice. I didn't know you had the, yeah. a landscaping company. So how long did you run that thing? Uh, I ran that for a while, and I kept doing that all the way through until my wife um, got through nursing school, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I put a, I was working as a union carpenter. I joined the union eventually. Uh, shortly, uh, that guy Daryl Hegerman got me the uh, no, my buddy Scott got me the job there. But Daryl showed me how to become a carpenter because I was working for a non-union company. Um, like I started this journey with uh, saw flashing in 2017. But I was doing okay. landscaping all the way up until that point. And that's kind of how I stepped into to soft washing, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. I was always at people's homes. And then, you know, I started watching YouTube videos. I was going to say, how did you get into this crazy industry? Because I think it's a great industry, <laughs> full of great people. But I think we're all a little nuts. So, uh, so yeah, what, what actually, I know you said you were in people's homes. But what made you say, hmm, I should start getting that green shit off their house? Yeah, so my brother was... Um, he was a huge part of that because he had been working for another soft washing company. He was like, Sean, uh, you know, because I had customers asking me about it, and I, here I am pressure washing. He's like, there's an easier, softer way to do that. And I found out about sodium hypochlorite bleach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just, it really changed my life. And at that point, you know, I started started my journey in 2017. I love April, bleach. It just smells April, like money, doesn't it? I love <laughs> it's, that's what my kids say that now bobby i swear to god i asked the kids i was like what's bleach smell like and they're like it smells like money yeah <laughs> oh man so um 2017 i washed my first house in april 
and here I am today. You know, it's pretty amazing to watch yeah. my business grow. My first year, as I was still working union carpenter work a little bit, and I was late. Then I got laid off, but I washed ninety three houses my first year, and I was the one ninety nine guy. Yeah, just as why my wife. Ah, well, you suck. You're, if you're that ninety nine or one ninety nine guy, you should just get out of it. You're never going to make anything of yourself. Blah blah blah. Wah wah wah. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to start somewhere. I didn't have right. a price job. Yeah. It was just say and get there and figure out how long it was going to take. Yeah, yeah. Well, so where are you at today? So, you know, you started in 2017. So we started pretty close. Um, I, I started in February of 2017. So uh, where are you at today? How many trucks are you running on the road and what, what are things looking so right like? Right now we got four. Yeah, so we got four trucks on the road. We nice. Did, uh, last, you know, we, did, we did like 140 last month. She's gonna look at her CRM. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it's right around 120. Our our CPA just did a report for the month before. Dude, so. that's that's freaking yeah. insane. Now, what we do last month? 140. Okay. Yeah. And uh, this month looking even better already. So uh, you know, I am out of the truck. I'm running estimates now. I jumped in a truck. I just suspended a guy for a couple of days, which I hated to do. He just mm-hmm. needed it. Huh. Um, I did he too. Got but- out and he- Mine was my son. <laughs> yeah, well, my son's going to be working for me this year on the 16th of this month. He just got his work permit, and he is going to just be riding in a truck with one of my guys. But the guy I suspended is actually going to be his like his boss. Mm-hmm. So I had to just because he's uh, getting a little lippy. So I've been in the truck the last two days. So I got one more day in the truck, and then we'll, we don't schedule Saturdays right now because usually that's our makeup day for mm-hmm. rain. So. I'm trying to figure out a different layout for my business because uh, right now what we're struggling is is getting the most out of our trucks because our trucks are sitting 10 days a month unless mm-hmm. it rains during the week. Yeah. So. Hmm. Dude, th- that's that's huge, man. So now I know you don't get to work 12 months a year doing the soft washing where you live, but how long is your season typically or how how many months are your trucks usually on the road? So it's March to November, and I lay the guys off. And if we get any, uh, you know, seasonal work, mm-hmm. um, I'm thinking about getting into Christmas lighting this year. I do got my Maryland Home Improvement license, which that opens a lot of doors in in, in my area. It's uh, to do any roof inciding, painting, or anything like that. You have to have the MHIC, which is pretty hard to get. You know, the thorough background check. Um, you know, they want to see a, they want to see all your assets. They uh, also do a credit report. And then you got to also take a test, so it's it's kind of it's kind of thing that's going to kind of change my industry. Mm-hmm. What we're trying to do in, in Maryland, I know guys are kind of against regulations, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. it's going to open up the door for me to do more work. Yeah. I mean, not just pressure washing. Yeah, well, so. dude, listen, props to you. Yeah, I, mean, I I wish I was having the same success you're having right now, and I'm I'm real happy with where we're at, but. I'm not. I haven't had one hundred and forty thousand dollars a month yet. So I'm now. I'm jealous. This was uh, no, the only, nope. Too late. I'm jealous, and the target's on your back, and I'm coming for you, man. <laughs> he's he's going to open a, a shop up in Maryland. Nah, I'm just kidding. Now nah, the industry's great up here. The guys are really helpful. You know, Josh Taylor's yep. right in my area. He services my area, and that man will help me more than you know most most people around. It's it's kind of crazy. Josh is good as gold. I love that guy. He really is. It's been amazing. He's he's been a great guy to help me out. You know, if I have any questions about big jobs or anything like that, he's more than willing to help. Uh, 
you know, we upped our prices this year just because, you know, inflation and everything's going up, fuel costs, bleach costs. Um, it's been the best thing you know, we've ever, we've done because mm-hmm. we're able to, uh, you know, get more out of our trucks. We're doing, you know, our average truck, I want to say we do twelve fifty to, you know, 1800 depending on what truck it is. I have a roof cleaning crew mm-hmm. and then I have a crew that cleans roofs occasionally. And then I have a guy that just runs out. He can't, he, he loves working alone. You know, he just loves, you know, houses and decks and stuff like that. But we're also doing gutter cleaning and window cleaning. And then I have a truck, uh, just a guy with a little four gallon a minute. I had to throw it on the road this year. We got busy, but mm-hmm. his truck's still making 12 bucks a day. Yep. You know, did you hear that guys? 1200 bucks a day with a four gallon per minute machine. It's not about the nuts and the bolts. It's about the hustle, the sales, the marketing, all that good stuff. So stop spending yeah. all your damn money on equipment. Start spending on education, sales, and marketing. Yeah. So that's been the best thing. You know, we sell value at this point. We don't want to sell. Um, we don't. We don't try to be the cheapest guy anymore. We don't have to be that person because we have our mail home improvement license. Um, the detergents we're using, we're, we're licensed, insured, and bonded properly. It's just uh, we go out there. We have presentation folders. And we just sell ourselves, really. We're family-owned business. My wife sells more work than I do. I'm yeah. not going to lie. She's a better she's better at sales than me. Nice. I love she it. She really is. Amazing. We're, we're a team. Like, my business didn't grow until she jumped aboard. Really? Like, how was how, how your trajectory? Can you come in here for a second? Yeah, tell her to get in here. Tina. I feel like I know her. She just friended me on Facebook right before we went live. I feel like we're yeah. best friends. You guys are friends now. Can you come here for a second? It's okay. She has grown my business. This woman right here. You got to. No, All right. Tina, you got she to. You got to. <laughs> yeah, come on. Come she on. doesn't come have say to. Hi. She doesn't have to. Whatever. Now I feel bad. All you listeners. Hey, Tina, nice to meet you. I'm Bobby. So. <laughs> Thanks for hitting me up on Facebook. I feel like a celebrity now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, ever since she joined the team, though, it's totally changed. Like, she has... She does the back end office and, mm-hmm. um, you know, we have all the procedures and protocols for the guys now. That's stuff I didn't have. Yep. I didn't know how to do. I know how to do the job. I know how to do the work. I'm learning sales and and uh, I'm trying to build tickets at this point. And she does all the back end of everything, you know. Love it. It's amazing. All right. This is my other little girl right here. I got to show her all. Oh, goodness. The audio <laughs> audio people are missing out. Hi. How you hi. doing? Hey, hi. You can say hi. You can say hi. Can you tell me your name? Say River. What's your name? (laughs) She's River. River. Hi, River. How you doing? I I actually was going to try to name her Alita, but my wife wouldn't let me. Oh. Uh, In in honor of Mrs. Ford. No, Alita. Oh, Alita. Alita. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) You know, funny story about that. My so my youngest son, who I I love and respect. And suspend from work, apparently, from time to time. Uh, (laughs) One time. but um, So his name's Aaron. But uh, when my wife was pregnant with him, we were fighting on names. And I I wanted to name him Luke, middle name Sky, 
And then I would have Luke Skywalker as as a child, and I thought, <laughs> how awesome would this be? And I'm not kidding either. Like I I was all about it, and my wife was like, no, no, he'll get made fun of. And I'm like, he won't get made fun of. He'll be the coolest kid in school if he's Luke Skywalker. And she's like, no. And then I was like, what if we did like Luke Skyler Walker, you know? Or just and she's like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> and it turns out he's the. We're all big Star Wars fans in the family, and all of our dogs always have yeah. Star Wars names and and. Uh, Currently, we've got Chewie, the the mini golden doodle, and Yoda, the Chihuahua. But uh, Aaron is the biggest Star Wars fan in the family, and my wife to this day will say, "I was wrong about that one. We should have named him Luke Sky." <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's Usually, funny. I'm the wrong. My wife's right. Yeah. <laughs> but um, since she joined the team, she is she's changed a lot. She's changed the way we market. We have you know just things in trucks for the guys now, you know, checklist and mm-hmm. it's things mm-hmm. I never had. It's like, guys, you got to go out there and fend for yourself and get it done. And she just makes it more productive on that end. And it's just great to have her on the team. Yeah. Um, do we argue occasionally? Yeah. I think, uh, From time to time. We're, we're around each other a lot more. And when I see a job that's booked, you know, I'm running here, then running there, then running back. Scheduling is a little messed up. Do I get on her? Yeah. But she gets on me all the time. She really does. We, we stay on each other, you know? Yeah. But it's been a great thing for our marriage. We have more time together now. That's you know? cool, man. That's awesome. You know, I'll tell you, I actually, um, I would enjoy working with my wife. I, she would probably enjoy it less than, than me just because I tend to be more of the hard ass that's, um, I'm just trying to use nice words to describe myself, but I can be a bit abrasive, <laughs> but, but I, uh, I, I love it. I love it when I hear people like you say that and, and I, I'd really enjoy working with her, but she, you know, she didn't want to be a part of the pressure washing company and she, uh, she started her own. So we're kind of, we're in our own lanes, if you will, on, on the businesses, but, uh, but that's cool, man. So what's the next step on, I know you said that you're going to be getting into the more of like the improvement side of things, but what's the, the next step for elite power washing? So we have plenty of room to grow, you know, there, there's, you know, always going to be the new guy, but there's always going to be elite and we can grow. We can expand our territory a little bit more. We can uh, add to the sales team. We can add trucks to, um, I'm actually, we're right now, we're not under contract because we're waiting on her lawyer to read over what my lawyer wrote for the contract between the two realtors. Um, but we're looking at commercial property right now. So, hmm. you know, we can grow the business. Um, it's tough right now. I rent and stuff, rent areas. I mean, it gets cold up here in Maryland. I built a garage and, you know, just the house things, they, tried to save money for so long until i got to this point mm-hmm. where we can get commercial loans but we're at that point now where the banks approved this for a loan wow we're ready to grow elite and uh it's going to force us to grow at that point you know yep. it really is because we're going to property for it the building for it and the locations i love so. your attitude uh, you know listen to that listeners the guy that just closed out one hundred and forty thousand dollars a month in his fifth year or i think it's his fifth year pretty sure uh is saying yeah we're going to have to start growing all of a sudden when we get this building. So, you know, stay hungry, I think, is the, the lesson to learn here from Mr. Sean Hampton Jr. So that's that's exciting. And, and what about the other stuff? So are you going to get into doing other things like roofing and siding and all that? Or No, no, I have friends that do that. I refer them a lot. And mm-hmm. that's something I want to cross that boundary because, you know, one of my good friends is a roofer. And he's been my mentor along this whole thing. You know, he's right in the area. And... um 
I just don't really want to. Now, painting's a different story. I think you know, power washing and painting go hand in hand. And there's a big market in painting. You know, there's been other things where I have these ideas, junk removal ideas, this that, but I've never really followed through because there's so much more room to grow. I know how to make money with this business. I know that you know we haven't even touched a, you know, a one percent our our service area. You know, we mm-hmm. service an hour, so yep, and we're not even touching homes. So yep, there's so much work out there. We just gotta we gotta get in front of the customer. And, you know, we can't be too far out. That's the problem. You know, when you're two, three weeks out, I don't like to be that far out. Yeah. I like to be in a week and a half range. I, th- I feel comfortable there. And, uh, but, you know, we're, we're booking out too far right now. It's sometimes like I'll jump on a truck and just work or I'll ask the guys to work a weekend for a day. Yep. But, you know, I want the families and, and my CPA said I'm paying too much overtime out. <laughs> and then I'm burning my guys out too. So I, I'm going to figure out something. Um, where, you know, the trucks are running seven days a week, but the guys aren't, Yeah, I got a, I got an idea for you to, to kick around, uh, just, you know, not to get too into the woods on it, but back when I was in, um, my first job out of school, actually back back, way back when, uh, they they just had two shifts. They have a four day shift where the guys worked four tens and then they had a three day shift where they worked three twelves and, but got paid for 40 hours. So, um, so then what happens is now you got a seven day uh, a week crew. Um, you are paying a little overtime. Uh, or I'm sorry, not four tens. You work four twelves. So the, the, the week guys get a little bit of overtime, but they get a three day weekend every week. And then the other guys, you know, get uh, four extra hours on their check, but they only work three days a week. It just happens to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And, uh, and then you can keep those trucks running. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Um, the guys took it kind of personal when I mentioned it to them about having another guy run their truck because they care about these trucks. I'm yeah. having brand new trucks. You know, we wrap them, we put rigs in the back, and they're like, "Yeah, that's my truck." And I was like, "Ah, it's Elite's truck. We got to make more money." And I had to explain to them, you know, if we're doing, you know, seven thousand dollars a day, you know, if it's in for ten days, that's seventy thousand dollars that we're losing. Yeah, as a company. Yeah, yeah. No, that is that's a lot. That's a lot. So. uh so we're we're getting commercial space. We're growing this thing. You're uh, you're making the world a better place with these halfway houses and actually helping people that are down on their luck. Uh, you are attentive yeah. as a husband. You're attentive as a father. Uh, can you share something you do wrong right now? <laughs> right now, um, you know, I'm kind of teasing. You don't got to share something. I just bought a new watch. Like I'm trying to like trying to fill the void with material things and there you can't do that yeah material things never will make you happy bobby yep the best things in life are free mm-hmm. but you know i just i i don't know i don't know what why why you know if you got it you can spend it yeah mm-hmm. you can't take it with you but there's so much more you know yeah being to stay in the moment we always you're talking about the journey and that's we always like I always worry about the destination and I'm mm. not there in the journey. And I really mm. need to be because I lose track of time. Like I, I, well, I want this property. I want this commercial property so bad. And, and what am I going to do to get to that point? And I'm not in that journey. I just focus on that. And then when I hit that goal, I, I go to the next and I got to stay in the journey. Mm. I know there's, you know, there's the dex- destination, but we're all going to, you know, we're all going to die one day. And yeah. uh, that's like the final destination. But yes, we are. We just got to make sure we're living living in the moment we really do we need to enjoy it tell your son you love him you know you suspended him. <laughs> i do we I, I told that man i love him. 
Yeah, no, he's been he's been suspended for I think three days now, and uh, but I I go on walks in the evening, and he's been going with me the last couple of days, and we, that, that's one thing that we've done well. I think I mean we've had our run-ins, but we've even like Caleb, my oldest, who uh, who's been doing the you know he's been with me since day one on this, and I shouldn't say he's been with me. We've been in it together. You know, we, we've been partners from day one, yeah. and um, you know we've had some we've had some run-ins, but we we always made sure that, you know, we said, I love you. And, and, and the hug before you, even if we were a little mad before we went to bed or anything like that. And, you know, we, we try to stay focused on the important things. And, um, you know, Sean, I, uh, listen, man, that the last thing you shared, I think might be like the perfect way to end the episode where you're talking about the, um, you know, the material, things in life don't get us there. You know, it, it's, you know, the best thing in lives are free uh, and life is free. And, you know, doing the business thing, of course, of course I want a lot of money. You know, you know, you, you can be miserable and rich and miserable and poor. Well, miserable and rich is better, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it right. might be miserable, but it's a better version of miserable. But, but, you know, it's like, of course I want yeah. the money, but you know, the thing for me, the big one is, is the time, you know, it's like, I want, uh, I want to build a business that, that just gives me a freedom of time to do the things I want. And maybe those things are going to, to theme parks. Maybe they're, you know, something like you're doing, you know, doing these halfway houses, maybe, you know, it's something, something in between, but, um, but I think that was just a good, good message for all of us, especially myself, to to really focus on the good things. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to end the podcast right this second, but uh, I'll say this now instead of at the very end. But I always end every episode with if you're not doing the things that you want to do in life, you better have a damn good reason for it. But if you're not pursuing those things, there's no good reason for it. And I don't think that's an ultra elegant saying but that saying just kind of came accidentally one time when I was just doing like a, a vlog, you know, just, just, I was just kind of sharing, I think the title of the video is I'm not a loser anymore, I think is what it is. And, and it's when I had kind of realized what, what you were sharing, which is, you know, the destination is like that material stuff. You know, the, 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 the mountaintop is, Oh, now I have enough money to, to buy the house or to buy the whatever. But but the journey, you know, when we're going through the grind and when even if it's even if you don't have the freedom of time, but when you're working 12 hour days or when you're doing whatever, um, the the fact that you can smell the roses, that you can enjoy the interactions with the humans. I mean, what a cool industry to be an owner operator in where you get to meet two yeah. or three different new people every day and get to see a cross section of society. And, you know, there's just so many positives in life even when things suck you know i had more vandalism and, and theft done on my vehicles yesterday or two days ago i think out here i've had a truck stolen twice the same one i wish they'd keep the damn thing frankly but the uh you know but it's like when these things happen it doesn't like just piss me off or make me angry i was talking to my buddy um uh, back in oklahoma my buddy robbie and he's like dude you're just you don't seem like it's just weird how upset you don't get over it and i do get upset over stuff that's the crazy thing but I was like, well, it's just a truck, and 
if I get all pissed off, the only thing that changed is now I have a stolen truck and I'm pissed off. <laughs> you know, there's no, no, uh, no advantage to me to, to want to be angry and find that guy and kick his ass. And, and, you know, and if that guy wound up right in front of me, who knows what my temptations may be, but I'm not going to give those people free rent in my head. And I, and I think that's kind of ties into the stuff you're talking about is just having healthy, uh, healthy choices in our lives, which is, uh, you can also, you know, you can be, miserable and poor and miserable and rich, but you can also be happy and poor or happy and rich. And I'm choosing happiness yeah. in my life, whichever side of the wealth thing that I'm on. So I love that. I love, yeah. I, I appreciate yeah. you sharing that. Um, Sean, I, I think we will sign off here, man. Do you have any final parting yeah. words or, or a favorite charity that if um, someone was inspired by your uh, message that maybe, you know, someone could, could make a donation to or something like that? Uh, so I'm on the board at a nonprofit, which the the house that actually saved my life, Bobby, mm-hmm. and the Harvest House. Um, it's actually on the, my profile. So if maybe we can put a link up there, okay. the Harvest House, and think touch with me, and uh, because that place is still saving people's lives. Yeah, it's pretty amazing to be part of that. You know, ten years later, and I'm on the board and help making decisions of the house. So yeah, um, the last thing I want to say is just go out there and help somebody. Mm-hmm. You know. It's the best feeling in the world when you're giving back to the community and helping people. It's the best high I've ever found. I can't find I can't find anything like it. Just go out there and help somebody. I love seriously. it. Seriously. Sean. Stop being self-centered. Thank you, bro, so much for this. Um, I hope we get a chance to, to get together soon. Uh, are you going to be in Atlanta in August? I know you're a bigger you're man, big man, so I know you may not be, but. I, I think I might be because my brother just joined the industry in Georgia and nice. he's going to make it out to there. So I really see him. He's down in Georgia. So cool. Yeah. Well, I, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll go, I'll plug that convention guys. If you want to meet Sean, you can go to the, the huge convention.com buy your tickets. Now you can see him there, but man, if you're there, I definitely want to spend some time with you, hang out with you. Just uh, maybe give you a big old hug. I don't know. You look like you look just real huggable. So. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, I am a huggable guy. I love hugs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, All right, bro. Listen, don't don't hang up just yet. Uh, when we sign off here, I want to chat at you just for a second. But thank you for being on the show. Guys, you already heard the tagline, so let me end it this way. Go do something good for somebody. Peace. Recording.